and I must keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 201 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm Jim. I'll be joined in a while by Brandon. He'll be joining me to talk uh, Wolverine number three. But before we get into the first book that I'm going to talk about, Solo, which is Empire number two, Solo, but how low, right? How low? How dare you? Uh, Man, I thought that was pretty good. But I'm going to tell you where you can find us. You can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You can go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. You can go to our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics. And you can also go to our Patreon account, Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where you can give us a little support for all the stuff we do here and also get extra stuff in return now i've talked about it leading up to this this will be the final episode for a week we're going to go off now after this episode is over the next three episodes that's just a week of episodes you have the friday show that's the x-men show the sunday show where i go through a bunch of the books that week and then the tuesday show that you're listening to now that me and brandon end up the week talking about some stuff that he is reading as well well the next three episodes those three episodes coming up will be on the patreon only it's something we do anytime a month has five weeks of wednesdays five wednesdays in a month means an annuals week at the end and that's when we end up doing it it happens two or three times a year just happens to be happening right now and so if you would like to listen to those shows You can go over and sign up on the Patreon. And I just want to mention that those shows are available even at the lowest $1 a month level. Uh, So if you wanted to just listen to those, you can go sign up for a dollar. You end up listening to those. Plus, I do end up throwing a bunch of things on that dollar level as well during the month. Now, since this is the kind of deal, I'm going to throw in. Uh, extra special deal it's almost like the wait don't answer yet i will probably also actually i will i don't want to say probably i will put this week's marvel patreon only spotlight which is usually a five dollar level show five and up i will put it as a one dollar one for anybody who does jump in to listen to everything this week and If you want to, you can sign up after August 1st, even. You don't have to sign up tonight or tomorrow, whatnot. Just if you want to listen to those shows, you would have to go to the Patreon. You won't get charged right away. You'll get charged the first of the following month, which August 1st is coming up. That's what I was kind of hinting at, kind of giving you a little hint that if you wait until August 1st, sign up. Then you can sign up for a dollar. Check that out. You could always go up and down levels during the month as well if you wanted to hear more or if that's just what you want to do, you can do that. But yeah, it's patreon.com slash weird science. And around this time of the month, as things go down, you do end up having people, you know, joining up on the Patreon or quitting it. And I'll tell you, I, I get very depressed. And right now, I get to these crazy ideas in my head when too many people end up 
you know, bailing, then I might bail. And you won't have anything. But that's just me. That's just me saying that maybe at some point I'll just end up going to bed early uh, every night and not have to stay up and record. That, that, that is the dream, maybe. We'll see. We'll see how, how that goes. But if you want to avoid that, then, yeah, you can go to the Patreon. But we're going to go into the book that I'm talking about right now, and that is Empire number two. It's the big thing. It's the big book. And and right away, I just want to mention that you have Empire number two on the credits page, and right above the Empire, you do have Avengers on the left and then Fantastic Four on the right. And reading this and then going and reading Empire number three, which I have already read. I'm not going to spoil that. It's not out yet. Actually, it's past midnight right now, so it is technically out but we won't talk about that but reading the main book especially i i'm starting to wonder why this just wasn't something that was a crossover between the avengers and the fantastic four regular books it it does not feel big in the sense of having anything but the avengers and fantastic four the biggest thing that you get other than that would be the Avengers Empire number one time, which was more of an Agents of Wakanda, but is that big? I don't think so. But what we're going to get in this second issue, I, I do think that the way you ended up ending the first issue does kind of screw the pacing up for the second. And I'll get into that right after I tell you the credits. Story by Al Ewing and Dan Slott. Script by Al Ewing. Art by Valerio Scheide. Colors by Marty Gracia and letters by VCs Joe Caramanga. After years of conflict, the Korean Scroll Empire suddenly united under the leadership of Emperor Doric the Eighth, the young, I almost said the third, Eighth, the young Avenger and Kree Scroll hybrid known as Hulkling. His first act as Emperor was to order all the combined forces to Earth to defeat their mutual enemy, the plant like race known as the Kotati. Meanwhile, the Kotati have been Revegetating the blue area of Earth's moon, leading the Katadi's efforts, are Qua, the prophesied celestial messiah, and his father, the swordsman. They summon their former allies, the Avengers, to the moon, while the Fantastic Four crest pass with Hulkling and the Kree Scroll Alliance in Earth's orbit. While the two sides clashed over their next moves, Qua manipulated the Avengers into helping the Katadi's plans take root. Ooh, the blooming of the Death Blossom boosted Quasi. Uh, control over the plant life he then attacked both teams as well as the kree scroll fleet and revealed the katadi's true plan total elimination of all animal life starting with earth and we we've heard this before in fact if it doesn't change any i'm not reading that every time and i'm having problems right now because i was laying down with our dog mia and she scratched me in the eye my right eye and i wear contacts but because of this scratch I can't keep my right eye open. I don't have a contact in it anyway because it hurts and I'm, I'm struggling. But the idea of the pacing in my mind, what's happened is you end up having the first issue. You get through most of the issue to reveal that the Kotadi and Kwa and Swordsman, they're the real bad guys. They're the ones who are bad. So leading into this issue you're going to get half the issue that you're going to need to give information on the Kotadi. This ends up making this second issue, in my mind, feel like a redo of a first issue because of that switcheroo, because of that whole deal of putting that twist in 
Now we're going to have to just slam the brakes. You know, you think at the second issue, we're going to start getting the ball rolling, getting everything. But that's not really the case because of that twist. And I think that the twist was okay. I don't know that anybody who wasn't reading the Empire book ended up hearing, get this, the Kotati are the bad guys. It was a twist, it was. And running, oh my God, I have to read that then. That is not like a twist of all of a sudden saying like, oh, get this, Captain America is part of Hydra again. Oh my God, there you go. No, the Kotati. Most of the people, if they end up saying, oh, well, what's that? This empire about? Well, get this. It's the it's the pretty much the Kree and the scroll coming together to invade. Earth. Already, most people's eyes are getting glassy, right? You know, they they're like null at that point. If you get my joke, you end up though then saying, but get the Kotat people. What? what are you talking about? But just reading the book, the pacing is so thrown off at this point. Then because now. We have to have a lot of exposition. We have to have a bunch of flashbacks. We have to see what led to this. And like I said, it really, in my mind, makes the pacing come to a screeching halt and also makes this feel like a, you know, it should be Empire number 1A. And then we'll just get, because you end up having Claw there, they're on the moon, you end up having the Avengers captured and they are pretty much the human garden the the flesh garden that quas have and he's he's just talking trash oh you guys you know the avengers and there is this thing with him and swordsman that they're gonna bring up because the avengers have helped the kotati before and also helped them here they're gonna give them the benefit of you can hang out on this blue area of the moon in my garden you know all this time you end up having swordsman say to she-Hulk and Captain Marvel and Black Panther, you know, you guys helped us out. You, you've been friends before. You, you don't seem like hateful people. You, you just, you know, you're down with the Kotati. So we'll give you a little, you know, a thumbs up. We'll, we'll let you live. We may not, you know, let you live greatly. And you might be in the garden, but you can still live. And that's not going to be anything that the Avengers are going to go for anyway. But yeah, you, you have to go and, and talk about you know, how Claw, he was born, Swordsman is dead, the scroll and the career jerks, the Avengers this. So you go and okay, it's it's nice enough info, but some of it overlaps and stuff we already got. It's just through a different perspective. And in the end, one of my biggest problems is is that I don't care how many times I hear about the Kotati and how they've been wronged. It, they are going to attack Earth. That's the most important thing. So the idea of giving us a background that might be trying, I don't think it's even trying to make them a sympathetic villain. It's just thrown out there because it's information and it starts to read, you know, very wordy, very much like, okay, you know, I like history. When I was in school, I paid attention somewhat, but I'm not here for a history lesson here, especially a history lesson where I kind of were told a lot of the things. Like I said, now we get it through a different perspective. But as this is going on, you even have it's like at that point when the demon sea goes up, ends up, you know, disabling all of the Kree scroll armada. 
this is where Swordsman and Cloud, they're going to show their true colors. You have Swordsman then like, all right, well, I'm going to slash you, She-Hulk. We had a nice little time. We walked into the woods at that one point in the garden, but I'm going to slice you and do things. I'm going to make a portal. And if you are reading the X-Books, it pretty much looks like he's heading to Krakoa, which he's not. He's just making now a portal based on the tech of the Kotati, but I would like to see Swordsman there hanging out near the Burning Man down there on the Krakoa because really he's, you know, plant let you throw him in and he'll burn and then you go, right? Then that's what you do. That's what they should do. They should invite them to a Krakoa and Burning Man party and then you'd have it really, really good. But he skedaddles. Swordsman's out. So you're going to get a lot of regrouping. You're going to get a lot of, oh, no, we messed up. What do we do next? And it just keeps going because then we go back to the moon and we're going to get more, you know, background. We're going to get more flashbacks. Now, at this point, it's that Tony and Thor and Captain America are starting to realize, wait a second. Uh, We had warnings. We had an early warning system of this stuff going on in the incoming book. You know, incoming that I really didn't like. And I had a lot of problems because of my attention span getting through that one. But when you have this, though, to me, this it doesn't make me think of it being any more clever. Yes. okay, you set some things up. But when you read this, it really feels to me like Al Ewing is trying to justify and almost rub it in our faces that. Hey, I set this up in that incoming. Look at how smart I am. Look at how great I was. I was setting this up before. You didn't notice. You didn't know what was going on. Of course we didn't because the story wasn't happening yet. But, you know, it it almost feels like he is running a victory lap because he set up a story. Well, you know what? That's a victory lap I guess that all writers should take, right? Because you're supposed to set up your story. Hey, so, yeah, you see the whole deal going with the the death blossom. Oh, my God. You see the attack that happened and people with things bursting out of their chests. It's, you know, incoming. We get two incoming, you know, references here where see, see incoming and then back in incoming. Hey, more incoming. I mean, at one point, I think it does say incoming again. I'm like, all right, I got you. I got you when I, I see things there. Okay, yeah. I remember Bell Dan and Rasker. All right. This is uh So, yeah, to me, it doesn't, it, it just makes me see, okay, he was thinking of this before. It, it didn't wow me that you end up having hints and incoming. I forgot all about it anyway. I'm looking at most of it that they're saying. I'm just taking them for their word. And, yeah, so you end up then where? Claw's like, hey, listen, because you guys are my friends, because I'm the Avengers baby, even says, I, I'm, you know, this is a big thing. I'm the first Avengers baby. And since I'm the Avengers baby and, you know, Uncle Thor actually throws a little shade at Uncle Thor. It's like, and then Uncle Thor would come visit, you know, occasionally. Like Uncle Thor doesn't have better things to do than to, than to visit his crazy <laughs> so cause like you know we're gonna give you a chance like i can treat you with an open hand or a fist is basically what he's gonna say but he's interrupted because the sound is going he's what's that sound and then thor says that boy is the sound of my open hand and that's when molnir comes the lightning follows 
And then Quag disappears. He teleports out. He leaves. But yet now Cap and, and Thor and Iron Man, this is how they escape. But again, it just is an escape from this, you know, meat garden that has been set up. But it does nothing because Quag gets away. And now they have to regroup. And then they get word from Earth. Oh, my God. I just got word that the whole planet Earth is being, you know, under a Kotati invasion. You end up having the plant life coming to life. You end up having all these things going on, what we have dealt with in some of these tie-ins. So they're going to go off. Now, one of the problems that I had recently, just a couple days ago, with the podcast where I was talking about the... Empire Avengers book by Jim Zub where I thought oh my god you know what there's a whole bunch of Kree and Skrull they're in an army they're going I thought they were all decimated well that's not exactly the case I was wrong but I'm wrong in a way that this seems forced the way that happens because you want to make the Kotati look bad but you want to make them look like they really can do some damage so while all this is going on you do end up having Captain Marvel Carol, she goes off to check on the Kree Scroll Armada. She goes to check on and also to find, you know, the Fantastic Four, Hulkling, all, you know. So she's heading towards the command ship, but she pretty much spells out that every other ship is destroyed and everybody's gone. So everybody in the fleet but the command ship have been decimated because you need to have some things where you're like, oh, my God, these Kotati, they mean business. They're bad. Oh, my God, we've got to stop them. But yet you force the issue of everybody that's not in the command. That's everybody else's. But the command ship, Carol just goes in like, oh, if I can hurry up, I can save thousands. I could, I could save almost the exact amount of people, Kree and Scroll, that could go against the Kotati. But I want to know why. There, there really wasn't a idea of this command ship being anything different except its command ship. But the way that most of these, you know, Kree and Scroll were dying was because they had some dirt in their boots or they had this in their fingernails. Why would that be different on these other ships than the command ship? In my mind, that is just a forced way to, in the end, Whittle down the numbers of the Kree scroll to equal what you're going to tell us is the Kotati numbers, or you want to get the Kree and scroll less so the Kotati uh, are big news and, and you have to get all the heroes. But still, it ends up with why is all this taking so long in the command ship, but everybody else is destroyed? Because Carol goes to the command ship and they're they're fighting it out. I mean, they're fighting against the Kotati. They're on. You know, we go to the main deck. We're not really seeing a lot throughout. We're seeing mainly the main deck where the Fantastic Four are trying to fight. And Thing is having problems. He even says that he is being overtaken. Reed's yelling, oh, my God, Ben has plant life coming out of every crack. And I mean every, every crack, he means, right? Well, you end up then having Hulkling jump in. And, and again, there's some... Okay moments in this issue, but to me, everything seems very forced, especially at this point where you then have Hulkling, where he has what he yells out is his sword of stars, sword of space, which it, it has a name, and it's a cool sword. It actually acts a lot like Molnir for him, Excelsior, this sword, but he doesn't say it. He doesn't say it at all in any of these, not even the Emperor Hulkling book. 
So it, it's very odd. And I did see somebody told me about and and made me aware because I wasn't as aware that, you know, sword of space. All right. I made the joke that I needed to call it the space sword, which they do as well. But you end up where he goes. Looks like he slices Ben in half. He does not. But the sword actually is a thing where it does repel, destroy, get rid of this whole what would you call it an infection the whole kotati you know thing going on invasion all these vines all these things going on so reed starts scratching his chin you know he's a thinker he is now what he is thinking about pretty much could kill a major character seems like he's thinking about it not wondering or caring about the stakes because basically he's thinking of okay if the sword can then repel the Kotati. What if we had a conduit? What if we had something that could absorb all that energy and then redistribute it maybe in an explosion or something? And pretty much Carol's sitting there as she comes and shows up and says, all right, you, you, you mean me. You mean me. You want me to absorb all of this energy and then explode it out. Okay. So she's like, I'll do it. And it's a good moment. It's it's a really bad butt moment for Carol because of the idea that Hulkling stabs her through. She's absorbing all this energy. I'm telling you, I don't know that there's even pseudoscience to explain it fully, but I like it because of the idea where Carol's, you know, narration of this is, okay, it hurts really bad and I should stop now, but I know I can't. I got to keep going. I got to go past that. I got to go past the past of the past. I got to go until I can't feels no more. And she takes it all in. She's in pain. She can't take it, but she has to. And then she explodes. She explodes and she dies. Now, she, she says this and I'm dead. Not once in my mind did you ever really have any sort of, oh, my God, she's dead. What are you going to do? Oh, my God. She's a, you know, number one, she, they're not going to kill her. Number two is. She just comes back right away. I mean, she says, I'm dead. And the next panel, she's alive because they brought her back using the giant Ronin's, you know, big mace, the accuser mace uh, as a defibrillator. And okay, that's a cool concept, but you didn't get to see it. You're just told this. Um, But it ends up where. You have, you know, the explanation. This is the universal weapon once belonged to Ronan, the legendary accuser, one of the Imperium's greatest heroes who love Kree over everything. But I can't make it sing. And and when you're having this whole deal, it is Tanulf who's saying this. The, you know, you end up the pursuer that is there. That's the other. That is the Kree side of the ambassadors or, you know, the, with Super Scroll and her who are telling Hulkling, you know, advisors, it would be. It's the, what I'm trying to think of. You know, she is the Kree advisor that we've seen. And not really exciting. Uh, kind of a boring character in my mind. But you end up having her saying, you know, I have Ronan's deal. You know, I have the legendary uh, accuser weapon here, the universal weapon, but I really can't make it work that well. I must not be. But here, you try. And so Carol is there and pretty much, you know, you have Tanoth say, we're going to, you know, do what's right here and do something. Maybe it's long overdue. 
we're going to enter you into the Cree Accuser Corps. Okay, there sounds like a really awful thing, right? Like, Carol, like, I don't know that I like that, but she's like, all right, and I have to ask Hulkling, he is the emperor now, hey, is that okay? He's like, you're fine with me, you got it. And so they end up saying to Carol, you're part of the Kree Accuser Corps. Now, here, you take Ronan's steel, you take the universal weapon, and even before she even grabs it fully, you see the sparks are flying. It's like love at first sight it is. And she has it and she's thinking about it and it feels like it's humming and, you know, she can tell it's singing. It's doing what it's supposed to do. It's doing something that hasn't been going on since Ronan held it. But she also realizes, ooh, this might cause problems. This is a lot of power and I don't want to get corrupted. I got to watch myself. That's kind of like the little hint that stuff's going to go wrong. You don't have a character say, I better watch out because things could go wrong. Things always go wrong then. But we also end with Tanel saying, and Super Scroll pretty much saying to Hulkling, listen, you know, it's time to go to the, the pyre. You know, we better start going. The coming of the pyre, we'll see if we can survive. Oh, what's the, the coming of the pyre? Oh, it's when you destroy a world, but that, and it seems to be Earth. So we have all that. That's something that was also brought up in that Jim's of Avengers book. I just wish there was a better connection between the two. But I don't think that, you know, Emperor Hulkling's going to want to destroy Earth, do you? But we'll see. And I like the art in this. And I did like this a little more than the first issue. Mainly because, you know, yeah, we, we do a lot of background again. We do kind of halt the progress to go and do that. But by the end, at least... You know, you end up with a big moment with Carol that's not going to twist the story. It's not going to make us so we can get going now. We can get going with some of the pieces in play. I do still wish that there was a lot more shade being thrown at the Avengers for screwing them. But we'll see how that is. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. And even with, you know, all of that, I still am not excited. I'm still not gung-ho that I need to read this. I am for this, you know, podcast and things like that. but. I'm not, you know, this is not a must read yet. And I want it to be, especially with 30 plus issues involved. But I'm going to go off to the mail now. And then me and Brandon will be back with Wolverine number three. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. It is Mail with Jim, and I kind of forgot that this was the Marvel podcast, and I played the Mail song from the DC. We don't need Eric Shea, because he ain't involved here. So get out of town. Get out of town there, Eric Hello, Shea. Science. Ah, yes, this is the Mail, and if you want to get involved in the Mail, email us in at weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com. It's in the show notes, so if I mess it up, you can still go there and find it. And then you're the star of the show, like Quentin, Mark, and Andy are going to be tonight. We're going to start with Quentin, who says, hello and greetings, Jim, and maybe Brandon, right? Maybe, (laughs) yeah, no, Brandon. I recently read Planet Hulk, and I enjoyed it very much, although it did slow down the middle. 
And yes, that is shade. He says that. It's slow down. And one question, and, and with that, I I agree, kind of. I do like Planet Hulk a lot. I like it a lot more than uh, World War Hulk. I thought World War Hulk was more of just straight-up action, and we're still dealing with the repercussions of both, so they are big stories. But I enjoyed Planet Hulk a lot more than World War Hulk. And, yeah, I, I guess it did get a little slow in the middle, but that's not really shade. That's kind of just, you know, honesty. It, it's such an easy word, they say. One question. Who are your top five most hated Marvel characters? Now, Quentin asked me this, and I, I, I started thinking, okay, does, uh, does he mean the characters that I don't like when they show up in the book and I never want to see them again? Or does he mean characters I'm like, oh, man, I hate that character because they're so, so bad, and, and, and they're good at being bad, and they're always you know causing trouble. So I ended up making lists for both. So I'm going to start with the characters that... I just don't like these characters. Anytime I see these names pop up, I get angry. If somebody tells me, oh, so-and-so is connected to this book, I get angry. And number five, the maker. Not a big maker fan. I don't like that that helmet he has on. It freaks me out. I don't know what's Hello, going on science. there. Number four, the Kotati in general. Oh, my. This is going to be shade thrown at. A certain book we just started talking about. Cree in general is number three. Scrolls in general, number two. And the big thing, okay, again, these are characters I hear. Oh, you know, so-and-so, this book, you know, and I'm like, oh, my. So number one with that all, Jim Zub. Oh my goodness, that is, that's a sexy hot take That is, well, here's my characters that I hate because I'm supposed to uh, Number five, Typhoid Mary It's actually more because of the name it, it, it freaks me out, it really does And and I don't know if you know Typhoid Mary's twin sister, Syphilis Jane I don't like her either, <laughs> she's scary Number four, Killmonger and, and that goes comics and movie uh, he he boils my blood. He does. Number three is Norman Osborn. It's just Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn, mean dad, is how I don't like him because he reminds me a bit of my father. You know, sands the whole Green Goblin thing and having a lot of money. You know, but I still drives me nuts. Number two, Sebastian Shaw, and that is mainly recently because you know he ended up having Kitty slash Kate Pride killed. I'll get him. I will slice him for that. And that is a promise, I'm telling you. And number one character, it, it's a tie. Character I hate because I'm supposed to. Of course, that's Mark Wade and Dan Slott. Ooh, that's a hot take. Goodness. That is a sexy voice at the end. Jim, I also want to address what you said in episode 183. I'm grateful for what you did and did not stay silent about racism and how wrong it is. It's because it is wrong. It means a lot to me because I have black siblings and someday they might be in danger from racist people out for blood. And why? Because their skin is different. And he says, and that, that's not right. Everybody should be treated the same equally. If they're good people, treat them good. If they're bad people, try to avoid them. You don't have to treat them bad, just avoid them. But that goes as individuals, not just, you know, groups and things like that. Thank you all. 
uh, for your guys' hard work to keep us entertained during the lockdown. Peace out. And that is Quentin Quire. It says, P.S. I sent this email a month ago. <laughs> That's shade at me. Now, I'm reading this with one eye with an eye patch, and it's killing me. And here is some advice. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are much better made with Eggo waffles instead of bread. Now, if you end up having a pizza without sauce, right? That's still a pizza, is it? A pizza without, you know, cheese. Maybe you'd call it a tomato pie, but it's still kind of a pizza. Some people... Can I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich without the peanut butter? Still call it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because then I'd try it with the Eggo waffles. I'd try that. I hate peanut butter. I can't stand peanut butter. I can't stand the smell. I can't stand the taste. I choke on it all the time. It's like a near-death situation anytime I have it. I'm not allergic to peanuts. I'm just not very good at eating, and I have a lot of problems with that. So I, I will... Maybe try that out I'll try that out I, I can see the peanut butter and the jelly getting in You know, the little crevices and stuff And, and also how it would go on the waffles as well, right? <laughs> ah, yes Thank you, Quentin Next one is Mark And Mark says, hi, Jim and Brandon Yeah, Brandon, hey Breaking news Brandon isn't here I had to wait an extra week to get last week's Marvel pull at my LCS because the shipment had gotten lost. It's, you know, the check is in the mail deal. And you know what happens when you do that? Hey, the check's in the mail. You get kicked out of your apartment because it's nonsense. And you know what happens when books keep not shipping or getting people stop reading them? They kick Marvel and DC out of their apartments. And it's bad. And I have a lot of people messaging me things like that saying yeah i, I want to listen to the podcast but i can't because my books are three weeks behind things like that it's nonsense was that diamond's fault or ups's fault who knows maybe we'll never know murphy's law it's like how many licks uh, of a lollipop murphy's law says that uh, it had to happen in the first week that marvel starts shipping out a ton of books again so i guess at least the world is still working the way i expect it to yeah it's true i want to start out on a positive note we already didn't <laughs> I, I don't know if you realize this, Mark You already started on a negative one So you're done After the quarantine lockdown happened I felt bad for my LCS And added a bunch of Marvel books to my pull list Since I'm saving a lot of money Not commuting to work anymore Me and my son Zach were talking about that yesterday About the idea that you know everybody's so used to working at home now And we realize, boy, we should have done this a long time ago I added Amazing Spider-Man back to my pull list After dropping it at issue 12 And I gotta say Nick Spencer has done a great job of boosting Spider-Man comic book sales. Other Spider-Man titles, that is. That is shade. And I should hit the hot take, but it's so long that I don't want to get everybody annoyed. Oh, my God. Ooh, that's a hot take. Yes, I think I'm pulling all the other spider books because I like them way more than ASM. But since we are approaching issue 50 and issue 850 all in one, <laughs> it's an extravaganza. I wanted to hop back on Nick Spencer and think might he might actually pull a storyline together. And now that I see Trad Morris contributing to the story, maybe that will help too. Kind of like over on Batman when it started with Tom King and Scott Snyder, it was way better with both of their names attached to it. He says... <laughs> That was real early. That was that Rebirth special number one. At the beginning of the lockdown, I mentioned in the Marvel Slack chat room 
that I was going to reread Spencer's ASM run. Every time I see ASM, I, I immediately, and it doesn't even, you know, jive with what I th- I think it's a soap opera. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, I watch ASM. It's on 3.30s in the afternoon all the time. I don't miss it. I don't miss that ASM. I mean, <laughs> did you see what she did to him behind his back and her? I can't believe it. And see if I could put together a reading order that helped make it better. Basically, I came with this. Read issues one through five, then jump back on with the recent Gog arc. I That's all he's... <laughs> and what's funny is I was talking to Jay from Canada in the Slack chat, actually. And I think I mentioned to him, I was going to mention, because he is enjoying the Nick Spencer run. He said he's been reading a lot of old Spider-Man. He's like, it, it seems like to him more for older readers, people who are more in the know, which that doesn't make it great because, you know, there's a lot of people who want the book to be their first big deal of Spider-Man and stuff like that. But the thing that I wanted to stress to him is... Eric Shea, who you heard mentioned in the beginning of the song, the lead into this, he has not read an Amazing Spider-Man issue since probably number four or five. And I can guarantee you that he could have read the last one that came out and he would not feel left behind. Now, it's not because Nick Spencer has you know, done a great job of recapping everything in that issue. It's not because he ends up, no, it's because the biggest thing has been Kindred, and it's also the thing we're getting nothing of. So you're waiting for this Kindred, and I can legitimately say that a guy who has not read 40-some issues, almost what almost 40 issues can wouldn't feel left behind because nobody is because nothing has happened i look back at my notes i made about the asm run and with issue six i said quote first issue where there is no reason to read this one that's what he said and and yes you can laugh at, at mark for writing notes to himself about comic books that's fine I mean, that's a good thing, right? I've got some wordy notes about other issues after that, but that would make this email way too long. But I'd like to throw in a couple more moments. Like issue 80 wrote, need eggs, milk, and butter. I think that was your your grocery. Uh, He didn't say that. It says, quote, the whole issue is, quote, all Avengers lose their stuff. Yeah, I remember that. And then issue 10, meh, with a question mark. Yes, it was a question. You start to sound like Chewbacca. I could barely make it through the hunted. Uh, I was really looking forward to the hunted. I thought that that was going to be, you know, all right, here we go. This is awesome. And it wasn't. It ended up really getting wonky by the end as well. I have Marvel Unlimited and even reading it for free. I gave up on my reread of the series after the hunted. Anyway, my initial impression of the series was still the same. Not enough story and a lot of the issues due to unnecessary recap. Not enough Spider-Man in the stories and that stupid teasing of Kindred that was more frustrating than anything because we never learned anything and there was no end in sight for that thread. Now, there might be a end now, but is it? We, we can't be sure. I'm liking the Spider-Woman book, though, and like you and Brandon, or thinks me and Brandon, were a bit harsh in our review for issue number two. Um, my whole thing was I thought that you needed to reestablish the girl, the little girl that ends up having cancer or, or whatever that they need to do the whole thing and have her there with, you know, Spider-Woman there with Jessica so that you can get that connection there. She would say, okay, I want to help you. I, I'd really like to even show that little girl being 
not as nasty as the first issue show, but almost being like even going and showing like, okay, well, she seemed a little nasty that first deal and she seemed like a slut, but that's because she's scared and she wants. So I just needed something with that. It had absolutely great art. I like the art and I like Carla Pacheco's writing. I just think there was a lot of nothing going on. And from one issue to the other where you're on the boat in the first issue, we're on a boat. You're like T-Pain. Uh, you end up then all of a sudden kind of throwing them into the next issue. The reader's just thrown in. You got to kind of gather your wits a little. But even then, there's p- parts of it. There's just missing setup that I hope doesn't end up screwing it at the end. I had fun with the issue, and I appreciate Checo not missing a chance to have Jessica Drew spill green acid in Rhino's face. That, that was okay. Again, though, you end up having a lot of time spent with like that scene. To never really get much from it. It's just pretty much at the end exposition uh, from, uh, you know, nightmare nurses like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, there's something wrong. You don't have your healing deal. You don't have the spiders. But Rhino can never catch a break. So it was spot on. It was ridiculous, but still spot on. Maybe I'm easier to please. And I was just going to say something, but I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything. I, <laughs> I like the heist at the end of the book. And the ending played into how things don't go Jessica's way. Again, though, she is committing a crime. And I don't know that I like that. I would have liked to have seen some other reason that they got it. Maybe, you know, that spider was stolen. So at least we can get that. Was there any doubt she'd be falling to the ground below? No. Yes, it was predictable. But I don't think her character is just going to whine and ask if if she's good enough. He needs the Batmans. Oh, that's half the reason I'm getting more Marvel than DC. Shade thrown. Everybody's throwing shade in that. In, at me? Brandon? He's not even here to defend himself. And then Marvel and DC, they're not here to defend themselves. I hope you guys have a great week. And that is Coffee Hunter Mark. And that is Coffee Hunter Mark. And I was going to ask him the other day. I go to BJ's and I get coffee beans. And they have a grinder there. And I was going to ask him. I have a regular you know, coffee pot. It percolates. I don't even know if you know. It's a drip. It's a drip. It is. And uh, I was going to ask him because where you have the the drip coffee grinder setting, you can go from a little coarser to a little finer. And I wanted to ask him what the best what the best cut is. What's the best cut of the jib of the coffee? Because I, I usually am in the middle. And this past time, I ended up putting it to the fine part. And and I thought I was cool, but I, there was no reason for that. And now I don't even know. And I'm drinking it. I have some right here. And I'm drinking it. And I'm trying to think to myself, oh, man, that fine grind really does bring out the chocolate accents. So, and it's all nonsense. I, I ended up just like, I wonder what's the deal. Because uh, the far end, you have the espresso and stuff. And, boy, that's strong. So I, I'm wondering if the fine grind will end up hyping me up a little more. That's what I need. This is why I drink coffee. I just need to be hyped. I'm a hyped man. I need to be like a flavor flave. I'm shot out of a cannon I want to be. I'm not, but I want to be. Plus, without any sort of my Adderall and my attention, so I need something. I need something to get me on point, right? Just right here. Why am I talking about grinding coffee beans in the middle of a Marvel podcast mail section? We'll never know. We <laughs> we won't. Thanks, Mark. And and get back to me on that. Give me a little shout out about the fine grind. And and, and it's funny too because then I made the joke when I was done, uh, because I was there with my youngest son Logan, and, and he came over and he's like, "Oh, how did it grind up?" And I said, "Fine." See, 
that's the jokes, people. Andy is next and last. And he says, hi, Jim and, and Brandon. Where, where's my rim shot again? I'm having problems. I'm having a lot of problems here. No, wait. I love all the Marvel shows. Thanks for all the work you do. It truly helps me get through my days at work. And that's awesome. That's why me and Eric started the DC Comics podcast, actually. Also, I'm really glad you added the X-Men show. I've been looking for a good X-Men podcast. I guess he still is, right? There is just why he's still uh, all the current books and they're mostly bullcrap. I think he means the, the podcast, not the books, right? <laughs> Whew. So now I have to look no further. Thank you, Andy. And that is the end of the mail sections. And I'm going to go off now. Maybe, you know, maybe clear my throat a little. Let me clear my throat. Come on. And I may even may even have a song coming up because we're going to end the podcast, me and Brandon, talking about one of his favorite characters. I still think it's his favorite character. He claims Spider-Man, but I don't see any Spider-Man books on his pull list. Yes, we will be talking about the Wolverines. Talking some Wolverine. It'd be weird if we weren't talking that after that song, but that's what we are <laughs> talking about. And I did mention it's kind of funny. There's a couple of these books that. Yeah. What's that? And I said, unless it's a sports nest podcast, we're covering a Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, you know? no, nobody does that. <laughs> My son Rafe likes the Wolverines, so uh, yeah. we can go with that. I have but, a bunch of buddies that do it. A lot yeah. of people like them, just randomly nationwide. I guess. Yeah, so. that is true. They have a following, uh, not quite like say a Notre Dame, but no, they, that's the other. But one. yeah. Yeah. My my alma mater, West Virginia, eh, not so much. Buff but, State, D3 yeah, over here. Yeah. <laughs> so we end up having, yeah, we, all, we have a book here that is an X-Men book. I mean, officially, it's one of the X-Men books. It's on the checklist, but Brandon is not reading the X-Men book. So I did no, mention I that as I go through a bunch of the X-Men stuff on the Friday show, you know, we save the Wolverine for... The Tuesday show, and there's some other ones too. I said I think that we'll probably do that with the Juggernaut book at least at the I feel beginning like and the stuff whole like that. Marvel release schedule at this point is Empire and X Men, and if, if oh, you're not seem- on, on board with that, you can, I it got two true. words for you. From well, Marvel that's right the now. thing. I ended up. Uh, you were going to talk to me about Empire number two, two. Yeah, uh, yeah. but I said to you actually, it's starting to deal with things that I'm going to start bringing up a bunch of the tie-ins. And you wouldn't know what I'm talking about yeah. because it does. Have I would some say of that. out of just the randomness of the issue, it, I liked it better than the first two. You know, not so it's like okay. space epic, but it's still not yeah. like catchy, really. 
Yeah, it's okay. I've already read like six. Maybe. I've already read the uh, the third issue, and I'm starting to think just my deal. I probably have already said this. I'm going to be recording it after me and you do this. But uh, the thing is, I get the idea that maybe this should have just been a story that ping pong between Fantastic Four and the Avengers. Yeah. And wasn't a huge event like it give is. the Avengers I, I think book that, a purpose, you mean? Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, and the <laughs> Fantastic Four. I think that it's it's basically a story for those books, and it's not as big as, as they're really trying to make us believe. It, it really isn't so far. And like I said, I've already read and reviewed the third issue that, while we're recording it, comes out tomorrow. And that's half of the main series done, and I'm still waiting for something to grab yeah, it. But, I still feel like they got 20 tie-ins and only well, three Well, that's the problem. I mean, really, though. we even said before, when we did War of the Realms, that was an event that I liked some of the tie-ins more, and some of the tie-ins felt bigger than the actual War of the Realms Yeah. Book. Uh, one of the things, it's funny, like, scenes. yeah, we kept going back to find out what happened in those tie-ins, and it was weird. It, like, shifted it up like that. Uh, but Absolute Carnage, I liked. I mean, yeah. like that event for the most part. So I don't mind events. I just, when they get no really, ending, really but... big, no. Yeah. But when the event gets <laughs> really, really big, they tend to have a lot of padding. And then that's kind of what I don't like. But we're here to talk, me and you, some Wolverines yes, here. Sir. And with Wolverine, th- this book, we like the first two issues enough, right? Yeah. I, you know, it's not a bad book. I'm interested I, enough. You know? I'm I not... think that. The, I'm not uh, waiting on the tips of my toes, you know. When I'm well, like every, I when it comes out, I'm like, all right, let's read Wolverine. That's my problem, though. We end up having the shutdown, and when you get back to Wolverine, I kind of it's like some books are going to be lost in the shuffle because of the shutdown. You know, a lot of books that had one yeah. issue. Spider-Man I mean, like Noir, a, I totally Spider-Man forgot Noir. about. Yeah, yeah, and it comes out tomorrow. I, I forgot all about it. We we even talked about Spider Woman. Where you have that first issue, then the yeah. shutdown, so you don't I have think that it's momentum. The, the and, series that are issue two and three, like yeah. that that number, they're just like you're like, oh yeah, that did start, didn't it? Yeah, you know. Well, and one of the problems <laughs> I have with this Wolverine is that while we were on the shutdown, I never once thought, man, I can't wait to get back to Wolverine because the story itself has barely gotten started. Even yeah. though this issue ends this first kind of story, when we end this, we're going off, and you you'll be able to tell this actually ends up. In my mind, kind of being like the Greg Rucka Wonder Woman at the beginning of Rebirth, because you, you're going to have separate stories going. When we go to the vampire story, Victor Bogdanovich is on on art suddenly. So you'll have that break in between, you know, these different things going on. We wanted to get to the vampire story anyway. Yeah. But we would have we would have been there by now if, without the shutdown. So when I <laughs> came back and I start reading this. I was enjoying it enough, but when we get to the end, I'm like, oh, well, this kind of mini little story is kind of done. It, it, it stays open-ended by the end. But, you know, the whole thing with Bannister, his daughter, this is all done. Wolverine, he's going back to Krakoa to, you know, answer for his nonsense. So at the end, I'm like, boy, that was three issues that really didn't do much. You didn't have, yeah. like, I'm never going to say. Introduced boy, a new those, bad yeah. guy, essentially. And that's yeah. about all. And, and, but I'm never going to say at the end, like, hey, how about those first three issues? Like we say, <laughs> but we're not real big Tom King fans, the right. Batman. But... I like that first arc a lot. I'll bring it up a lot. Yeah. When I say, oh, that first I am Gotham arc, I yeah. like that. I don't think I'm going to ever say like, oh, man, I really like that Bannister story with the girl with the daughter. ghost. Right? And the it's daughter. I don't think I'm ever going to. And we you know, only ever and really saw a couple with panels the, of yeah, anyway. With the whole deal of the X-Men stuff, you know, this is – 
the Russians trying to get the pedals again. It, it almost seems disjointed so, with everything yeah, else as well. I know we'll it, get there, but are the Russians turning the pedals then into the drugs? Or yeah, are they're they... just making drugs. Okay. They're making yeah, they're the, the drugs. Drug Here's the thing. Then. Again, gotcha. this is the problem. I was problem. confused if they're just trying to hoard all the shit. No, well, the problem and... is, is you're not reading the X-Books. Russia did not sign the treaty. They do not recognize Krakow as a nation. They hate mutants, so they're not getting the medicine. They okay. are not getting any medicine, and what's happening is when these countries do that, they have tended to either try to make their own, which went bad, or they steal it, which goes bad. Goes bad. And, and really, a lot of the things in this, the X-Force book where you end up having Wolverine on there with Quentin and Domino, so Quentin here with that connection with Wolverine, they are the ones who are like, okay, the... There's this nation that is trying to make these drugs. and You guys go get it. That's how the whole X-Force book has been. That's kind of the basis okay. of what the X-Force is. Yeah. So when you go to have this so Wolverine DEA. deal, yeah, <laughs> when you get this, this deal, you're going to end up expanding the team a little. But even then, when we get back to this, you have Bishop, you have Storm, you have a bunch of the Marauders, actually. This is like a combination of the X-Force and Marauders team yeah. here. But yet you're not getting a lot like... Bishop and Storm and Pyro, I love them. I let one of the reasons why I love the Marauders book, even since Kitty ended up getting killed. But they're just kind of there at this point, especially after this shutdown. It limits your Wolverine in this book, too, which bums me out because that's the only reason I'm here. But they're just there (laughs) just firing away. And, you know, you have some fun moments. But I just want to see Wolverine stab and cut people, you know? Yeah, I actually actually think that the vampire story will be something that we enjoy uh, more. And... When you're going into this, I wonder if this book wouldn't have been served better. I know that some people would be like, you know, Jim, you're full of crap. They say that to me all the time. Mainly yeah. then I say, I know kids and wife. I know what I you're know, saying. I know, the toilet yeah. a couple times a week. Yeah, you're really. going to tell so, me. <laughs> all of this stuff, when we get this flashback stuff from the past, I actually wonder that if you're going to go with the idea that you're redoing the whole X-Men line, you have Hickman doing Like, maybe it would have been better served to have a book that's Tales of the Wolverine to get people who just joined in with the Hickman run a little background of Wolverine. Maybe do some things like that, because I did enjoy seeing the art in those flashbacks here. It did get, you know, back and forth. And it, it felt through this whole thing, and especially, again, I'll keep mentioning the shutdown, coming back from the shutdown. And then seeing all this, you know, I, I lived a lot of lives. And when my, it almost like, is this a first issue again? Because it really felt like that type of thing going on. And we get to the whole deal and Wolverine ends up being a good guy. But I'll give you the credits here. It is, like we said, Wolverine number three. It is written by Benjamin Percy, art by Adam Kubert, uh, colors by Frank Martin and letters by Theses Corey Pettit. And I, I hope that the Cuberts as a whole, because there's a bunch of Cuberts. Yeah. I hope that they have when, a school too. Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. I hope that they're sitting there, you know, doing their art. And if somebody pushes them off their chair, they go like Cubert used to uh, in the game. <laughs> That's all I want to know. Do the Cuberts are they actually Cuberts? I, I want to see. And if they are, they have that long nose. They they could probably drink stuff like an ant. <laughs> It'd be pretty cool. But here is. That's the, the deal. That's the guy that swears too, right? He's like, oh the- yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's like, <laughs> rah, rah, rah. he always gets, yeah, uh, okay. you know, Reggie, God bless the soul. There, he loved Cubert because of the swearing, and yeah. he said that he would end up wasting so many quarters in the arcade. 
he would just want to swear words. He, yeah, he'd just walk him right off the thing so that he would die so he could hear him <laughs> swear. And he thought it was the funniest thing ever. Ah, uh, yes, it's war on drugs. The flower cartel is responsible for the illegal theft and distribution of Krakow's life-saving medicines on the black market, using their psionic enforcer known only as the Pale Girl to control the minds of anyone in their way. They turned Wolverine against his teammates and left him catatonic in Alaska. Recovered by a CIA agent, Jeff Bannister, the pair found they had a common enemy in the flower cartel and soon hatched a plan to find the organization. Sailing in the Pacific where the medicine shipment is bait, that's where you get the marauders and all that, mm-hmm. the two hunted the flower cartel under the pale girl, turned Wolverine against Bannister. And so you, that's what I'm saying. You have this and it feels big. You know, with the whole concept of the X-Books, you have this flower cartel that, but we haven't really heard that name except here, really. And so it ends up in my mind like, all right, it's it's an X-Force thing, like I said, but this little three-part story could have been in the X-Force book. There was no reason yeah. to really go here. And that's my biggest problem. Well, my, here, well here's – that's not my problem is that my oh, yeah. hope is they wrap this, this tie just – recognizing Wolverine's part of the X-Men lineup and it's vaguely connected to the X-Men book and we go to some vampire fun here now and I don't well, need I to be... Well, I think that the vampire fun is going to be that. I, yeah. I want that I because... just hope I don't have to pick up on so much nuance going on here because that's well, where I get lost on some of no. the finer points when I just want to deal with a, a hack and slash Wolverine kind of Well, the problem is, and title. this is the thing is, you're not reading all the X-Men books and the thing that you can't assume that everybody is. It's a lot of money, a lot of effort. <laughs> and know. so when you do this, unfortunately, some things in this whole X line tend to start jumping between books. So there is a chance if you I'm telling you, if I say to you two months from now, hey, uh, Brandon, uh, you got to read New Mutants because the pale girl shows up there. You're, you're not going to. You yeah. won't care. You really, to me, you're not going to care enough. I'm not going to watch the movie but, New Mutants if it yeah, ever really. sees the light well, of day. I'm I'll telling tell you, you <laughs> the whole idea of this is that this pale girl will probably show up in another book. There's a very big possibility of that, which you won't be reading. So you'll, if you did dig that story, you lose out. We had parts where I'll just bring up, even in that X line, you had a Kind of goofy little story in New Mutants where they're in space. They end up leaving space. They come home. They end up going back to Krakoa. They have this king egg, which ends up being a really big thing with the brood. But that takes place not in the New Mutants book. It's shifted over to the X-Men book. And that's what they're doing a lot of, shifting things around and going through things. And, yeah, it, it could be trouble for people who, because Wolverine is a big enough character that... I don't know that it should be fully linked into exactly all the stuff going on. He's big enough that you could get now maybe hint at some stuff to go the opposite way, make Wolverine a backdoor pilot for people who read this and then say, well, I might want to check out that X-Force, which they still might. But uh, just having it in the checklist. And and I even said, I'm going to end up doing a X-Men award show coming up with Basada Geek with Stork. And when we do that, I was telling people about this and like, oh, man, you know, you'll put cable in there. I'm like, no, no. Me and Brandon talk about that. Oh, Wolverine. No, no. Wolverine's kind of separated in our scheme of things. And it's just I'm afraid that some people are going to end up getting frustrated if things are set up here that go off to other books. We'll have to see how that is. But overall, the story of this pale girl, it just it doesn't seem as big 
as I would have liked it to have as a start. And I said, if you are reading all the X-Books, this is nothing bigger or different than a lot of the things we saw in the X-Force book. So him and Quentin and all that, really, it's kind of a, you know, all right, here we go. Some usual suspects here to go through this. But there's some fun parts in it. Yeah. And you do get flashbacks. And I know you told me before that you didn't like and you don't like in general the jumping back and forth between flashback now, flashback now. And that is kind of a, a pain in the butt, especially in a third issue, if you ask me, where you should have already set up some things to go. But you you start out on Krakoa with some fun, at least. Uh, Wolverine like and Magneto are, are getting drunk, or at least Magneto is. Magneto yeah. smashed. Oh, yeah, he and, is. And I'm telling you, I thought that it was a pretty funny thing to have Blob as the bartender there with <laughs> Magneto, Wolverine, and Blob. It's pretty funny. And they're it's, social again, distancing. <laughs> well, and they're doing that. And also, it does show you the idea that anybody's allowed. Everybody's allowed on Krakoa. They all have to be accepted with that. And, you know, seeing Wolverine and... And Magneto drinking is fun. Then finding out that pretty much Wolverine is just setting this up. And what I like about this whole issue is there's that subtle background deal of the idea that everybody thinks Wolverine is just, you know, schnick, I'm going to slice you and go. That he doesn't, he doesn't even think he plans ahead. He doesn't, and nobody no, thinks of him as a, instinct most yeah, of the time. Yeah. And nobody thinks of him as a thinker. It's more like if you end up having a, Mission that you need somebody to really think things through and not go. You're not going to get Wolverine, but yet Wolverine sets up this almost like an Ocean's Eleven for a scumbag alcoholic like you. <laughs> and you know that's all it is. This is you in Buffalo trying to figure out a plan to get free wings. Yes, and you'll go through all of these things, oh, and yeah. pretty much then Why you not? just shoplift at the end of you, yeah. you know, or or you just make it's them. a plan to get wings out the back door of Restaurant Depot. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Because he ends up getting Wolverine, he ends up getting Magneto drunk so that he passes out so he could take he the take helmet. His helmet yeah. He takes the helmet. And you're like, okay, even says to Blob, you didn't see crap there, Blob. Blob's like, whatever, I, I'm with you, right? So they go off. Then he needs to get Quentin involved. Now, first you have this background. And again, you, like you said, there are weird, like, okay, we set up getting. You know, Magneto's. Di- now we're going to go and recap some of the things we've already had in this book. Yeah. And we're also going to see. Juggernaut completely just put his fist through Wolverine. There is no way. Yeah. I mean, a- after this is done, you're going to have to have Juggernaut's going to have to get toilet paper and wipe, you know, the butt of Wolverine between his knuckles because he's got everything there. <laughs> they're going to yeah. need a bunch of magnets to pull his skeleton yeah. back together oh my so God. he heals. And you have Weapon X stuff. You have him in the World Wars, all that stuff about, you know, I went through my brain gets scrambled. I don't remember everything, but I'm a guy who, and I like the. The way he says it, pretty much, I don't plan ahead because that means you have to have hope that there'd be a better future. And pretty much, I, I realize this crap, through just, the crap. It, yeah. it's the same old crap all the time. So Whatever I do like life that. I live, I wish I was in a different one. Is yeah, that yeah was a good it's line. not working out. Yeah. Now, in the meantime, you are going to kind of go where you see the whole idea of the flower cartel, the pedal deal. Uh, the, this they're is getting a, drawn this in. This is even a Star Wars reference. I know. This is like Luke and uh, what's his name? Han pulling up to the yeah, Death yeah. Star and they get sucked into Yeah, that's into what it, happens. Right? Yeah. So they're there and that's that's the setup. They're trying to get caught so that they can kind of go undercover with this. Now, in the meantime, you go and see how Quentin got recruited. And Quentin got recruited because he, he says that he has died with Wolverine. I mean, awfully. Awfully yeah. as well. He well, got beheaded. He, he was one of the ones Wolverine killed uh, 
wasn't yeah. it? And, and the he, last issue or the first I one? I don't even remember, actually. Yeah. that he ended. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also he got beheaded mm-hmm. in the X-Force book. So he has come back. It's not fun. So he says, I'm, I'm not getting involved in this, you know. And Wolverine is trying to get the whole deal. Listen, we're going after an Omega mutant here, you know, and it might be more powerful than you. And it's not working with Quentin. He's like, you can say all you want. I'm not going to be fooled by your reverse set psychology and all this stuff. Well, then the cuckoos show up and basically just start hugging and a kissing them. Yeah. It's time for the loving oh, going on. And, and it, it's huh, funny, Quinn? too. They're like, oh, my God, everybody's talking about it. It's so sexy. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He can't say he's not doing it. And they even say, you know, well, if you're not, and you know, we kind of understand. But boy. And he's like, what? No, no, I'm doing that. Yeah. I'm doing that. And then you see through that deal where they end up. You know, turning and and kind of telepathy with Wolverine saying, okay, you know, we're pretending to like him for you. That's fine. But you better hook us up with the hottie we like, Kid Cable. (laughs) And as an aside, that continues in this next uh, issue of Cable that comes out tomorrow as we're we're talking. It comes out this week. You even have them. Yeah, yeah. You even have them where it's like them all around Kid Cable. So obviously Wolverine. He did what he was supposed to. So you have the, all these things. So now Quentin's in, which is big. I mean, Quentin, he is one of those guys that since I've been reading the X books and things like that, I like him, but I hate him. He's such a jerk. Yeah. But, but he's yeah, in the mega level. He's, to like about he's, he's a little humongous. bit like Robin. Yeah. And he, but he is all powerful. I mean, he can do stuff that is just ridiculous. So you end up going and you do end up having, you know, the Marauders team plus most of the X-Force team that have set up for this flower cartel to take over their boat, come in, think they're just going to come in and grab something, and they all go to town. I mean, and this is one of those this things This is my where, favorite art page, even though I don't really like the art in this issue a whole lot. Yeah, like, what do you page, like? The, just Wolverine in the helmet with the claws yeah. out. He looks oh, yeah, ridiculous. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, though. And uh, he's there. And even when you go, I like that Ben. That would give it the extra. I just like the idea that that you end up Ben Percy doesn't have to say, "Okay, well, we stole this for that." He just lets you figure that out yourself. So when you end up having the pale girl, she cannot affect them. Well, that kind of leads to trouble anyway, because then she's going to start affecting people that she can. Yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't have Bannister. thought of that if he went through yeah. all the trouble to get a... So, I, I thought he was going on this mission solo, to be honest with you, when, yeah, when no, he just got the helmet. But nope. Yeah, so they're there. I'm telling you, one thing that I do like about Marvel over DC is you do end up having heroes like a Wolverine who will pretty much slice a guy in half. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have the idea where nobody's complaining, oh, my God, Wolverine killed seven people in yeah. this? And, and oh, because he's the going same to way town. a little bit, too. He'll, yeah. he'll knock a few off every now and then. Yeah. So, and yeah, like you knock him back, he knocks him <laughs> yeah. off, we got him going. But yeah, they're going to <laughs> so town. Pyro's going, everything. Yeah. And it, it looks great in my mind, action-based. But all of this is is just for Wolverine then to get to the pale girl who's like, well, if I can't affect you, I'll affect your friends. And she is forcing Bannister to put a gun to his head and he's going to kill himself where Wolverine says, whoa, 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 don't do this. Your daughter, all this. And like, my daughter's fine. You know, he's all messed up. Yeah. Wolverine ends up getting the guns, takes it from him. But in that time, you end up having the pale girl, which makes me laugh because they're really spelling her out as a ghost. Like, oh my, the ghost, the ghost who then needs to get an escape pod yes, and leave. I'm like, just imagine it's like, you know, Slimer <laughs> in, in an escape pod Driving or whatever. So, 
Yeah, she gets out of there. The whole thing is going to blow up. So they, they ended up doing their mission. They got the stuff. They got out of there. This is all done. And Bannister didn't kill himself. And then you go and end where you see that the daughter is fine. And again, like you said, it's all off panel because now she's fine because Wolverine ended up and he's pretending he doesn't know what they're talking about. Where Bannister's like, you know, you did this. You can pretend you're a jerk and all, but you are a hero and, and you care. I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, yeah, yeah like suddenly, like we did His these things, and then suddenly the I had no waiting. Yeah. yeah, I had no waiting time. I got the medicine. She's okay because the big thing before was the idea that the medicine was not going to get her in time, yeah, it was and there was stolen. no time. And the idea of it also, I thought at the beginning was this whole card. I thought Wolverine was just going to be grabbing some medicine and stealing it himself and whatever, but it seems like. This was worked out, the semantics of it and all that, especially because he did help them out. I mean, he's the one who ended up, you know, doing all the stuff and kind of warning them and showing them the deal. So the the daughter ends up, you know, getting healed and Wolverine is there and they're going to go have some pizza. Wolverine's pretending he's going to go. He gets a call that the quiet council wants his butt back on Krakow. He's going to get in trouble and he goes through. A portal that's there, and you have that. How do you there punish Wolverine? Just tell him no booze for a couple of days. Or? Actually, if they really got mad at him, they could put him in, you know, where Sabretooth is. He won't oh, be coming out. The pit of so, doom. Yeah, you do the pit, or but you know that's not going to happen with Wolverine. He's going to get, and yeah, I don't think we're. Ever, I don't even think we'll ever even see it. It's just a kind of a joke at the end. But yeah, it, it's it's okay. It just ended up because of the idea of starting off almost like a old man logan situation where he was killing his friends and he was being duped and all this to just end up being okay we got to stop the pedals you know cartel then uh the girls okay and then we're out yeah, we go to the vampires i feel like they stopped it a little bit but not ultimately she's yeah, got to have another one of these deal. floating ocean bases somewhere yeah i'm sure that she's gonna go off and we'll see her at, at some point but yeah so it, it was good I, I didn't think it was great. I did have Jay from Canada was telling me I, I was going to go bonkers for it. I, I didn't, but I still <laughs> liked it. And there were some really fun moments. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just like action pack. You get a little bit of a Wolverine history and then we get some fights and then we see how he was smarter than most people would assume. And then we're done. So I, I'm going to go uh, seven, eight. I'm going to just a little bit. On, I'll go. I'm going to go eight. I actually like the art more than you, I think. Yeah. So I'll go 8 out of 10. It did wrap up the story. It didn't take too long, you know, with this whole deal. It's just because of that, it didn't feel as big. But I'm looking forward to this book going to the vampires. And I do like it. I think that, you know, Ben Percy, we talked before, I think he does write a really good Wolverine. I just need some bigger and better things, more fun things to do, you know, in this book, especially since I get some Wolverine in the X-Force book already. This is, you know, maybe something I'm looking for a little more fun and not really being held down by the flowers. Yeah. And I would like it to feel like a little less like X-Force and more like a Wolverine. That's what I'm saying. I, I think I this book kind of felt like uh, more of an X-Force book to me when I'm coming in just, just specifically. You know, I don't. I don't mind Wolverine team ups, but a lot of the time, you know, in the past Wolverine nostalgia books, I like it's one other person he's there with. So it's, it's yeah. a focus on, you know, him and that character and their relationship. And it, it's not just a team running all over the place yeah. doing things. But this and, wasn't, and really, I, yeah. it wasn't a bad start. I liked it enough. No. I'm more interested in the vampire things, like I said, after issue one ended anyway. So yeah. What are you um, going to do? I'm going to give it a seven five. I, I mean, okay. I don't hate the art. I just, 
I know I personally enjoy uh, Victor Bagdanovich's style better yeah, yeah. than the Kubert's. So you like so. Greg Capullo, yes, is what you tell personally. me. Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. So. Uh, you, you end up, I'll, I'll even, uh, you know, summarize my thoughts fully in the deal where I don't think that if you are reading X-Force and Marauders, that this does anything that much different, that you'd have to also read this. And that's kind of my deal. If you're already, you know, you have seven, eight books on your pull list and you're like, oh, man, yeah, I really want more. Kind of just feels like an extension of that in the story. We'll yeah, see how it I'm goes. I'm thinking that this is more something along the lines of if, if you're reading all the team books with these characters, there's no need to peek off yeah, into the individual that, sides. And that's where what you usually get, like just for instance, you have a Batman you usually have that bigger than in your deal than the Justice League. The Justice League is I want to see them all together. That's fine. But when you have a team book and you go to the, and you have the team in this book as well, it just felt weird. It, it felt weird. The the whole deal of why is this story here and not over there? But that's that. That is that. It's the podcast. The podcast is over. And as I said at the beginning, uh, we will not be having the next three episodes on the regular feed they'll all be and actually if you want to count the the patreon exclusive deal too, the next four episodes with the book so we're going to cover all the books for the next week on the patreon account where you can go over and sign up and those are all available at the one dollar level so you can get all those but one of the big things that i'll be talking about would be the x force book or x factor book i mean not the oh, x the factor book by Leah williams that I ended up, uh, yeah, it has a lot of dialogue. I sent Brandon a deal, and that really gets me. When There are actual panels in that book where the dialogue bubbles have to be shifted down to the next panel because there's not enough space to put them all in the, the panel that they're talking. They bleed into the other because if they didn't, everything would be covered with word balloons. It's crazy. It, it really is. It really uh, is. I didn't know yeah. that was Leah Williams. Holy yeah, mother. that's Leah Williams. So, you know, that'll be on there. That is either going to be picked for the Patreon spotlight, and then I would be doing it myself, or I'll be doing it on the X-Men part of the things. But also some other things that we'll be talking about will be the whole Empire number 3. You mentioned earlier Spider-Man Noir. We have a bunch of books coming out you know, next week. So, and, and you mentioned about the solicits and stuff with the Ten of Swords. That's one thing, but boy, there's a lot of books coming out in October. I actually went through and made a schedule of books in most of those weeks, 13 to 15 books a week again. So wow. we'll be getting back to a bunch, a bunch of things going on. I'm, I'm actually looking at some of the things that are coming out next week so that when we do talk about these let me tell you some of the things that'll be on the patreon deal if i can pull this up we have cable we said you have captain marvel empire you have a bunch of the empire tie-in spider-man noir i'll be talking about a star wars darth vader book and then x-men and x-factor all that sort of thing so if you want to listen to that stuff it'll be on the patreon like i said you can get those shows for as little as a dollar a dollar make you holla. And if not, though, you just pretend me and Brandon. Brandon got drunk for the week, and I yeah. just never woke up. I died. It so happens. you can pretend that. So then when we come back and you're like, where are those three other shows on the feed? They won't be there. So that's that. But thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you either soon or in about a week and a half, right? So yeah. thanks, everybody, and see you later. Later.